You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is at it again with a new line of lace-up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator Series, there are two models. There's the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator Series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. Hey guys, welcome to Land and Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith. We're co-owners of a consulting company called, go figure, Land and Legacy. This is your number one podcast resource for all things land. Each week we're breaking down topics from land management, habitat management, conservation, farming practices, and real estate. We hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome back. Here we are outside once again. I like these outside podcasts. I'm beginning to become a fan. It'll be yeah. nicer in a month or two. Yes. Yeah. We need to Definitely. take it to the tree stand one day. <clears throat> just do a live. We talked deer about podcast. that, and we talked about doing it on squirrel hunt. But yes, I just like a deer hunt would be kind of cool. And I think you know, shoot, it was Clay Newcomb that we heard. He did one shoot us probably a year ago where he was in a redneck blind talking yes. while he was on when a he bear harvested hunt. the bear. The yeah. big, big, giant bear. And so, uh, yeah, th- this one is definitely a, uh, it's going to be fun. Um, we should have done today's by the hickory at Fiasco and shot squirrels. Yeah, we could have. Is it open right now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's almost open year Squirrel round. Squirrel season now. is open. I haven't. It closes September. Regrettably checked. I just combined two, two months. September. <laughs> um, it closes for everyone Febu- outside of the Ozarks. That's February through <laughs> September. <laughs> September. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, anyway, uh, it closes February fifteenth, I believe, right? And it opens back up Memorial Day weekend usually. So yeah. late. Did y'all May. ever sh- shoot squirrels early growing up, and they had like the wolves in them, like the not a wolf. But, like, the wolves, like that thing that buried under the skin, under the hide? Mm-mm. No, most of what really? we dealt with was seed ticks. On the squirrels? On us. Oh, okay. <laughs> like squirrels dang. don't usually have a lot Back of ticks when on Back when that 11- and 12-year-old and you're just wanting to go hunting yeah. and you get... I will forget the seed ticks for Like, even if you didn't have any spray, it was just like, yeah. I'm going to go squirrel hunting. And uh, you would because it's in. turn your legs brown with seed ticks. Uh, yeah. And that, that is when, uh, so for you guys that are hearing that other voice, that's my brother Chad. He's back with us this week. Um, Actually, in presence is here, not yeah. just, not, not over on the phone. The not on the phone. Not that last desperation, hey, we need a topic. Yeah. Can you jump on? <clears throat> so, 
you had a t- you know Matt you may have not heard this story but Chad at one point had a seed tick on his eyeball yeah like, I didn't biting on the white of my eye and it was because I it was one of those where I didn't spray I wanted to go squirrel hunting I think I was in middle school and I went out there squirrel hunting and was just trying to wipe wipe the seed ticks. All I could yeah. figure out was I was trying to wipe the seed ticks off my Get pant the majority legs. of them off. And then I had one on my hand. And, and when I wiped sweat. my eye, I put yeah. it on my eye. Gross. And didn't realize it until the next day at school my eye was bothering me. And I'm like, what is wrong with my eye? I think I've got something in my eye. And I went to the bathroom and looked in the mirror. And I'm like, what is that? And got close and realized what it was. And went to the nurse and was like, I think I've What do they do for that? I had to go to the doctor and have alcohol it removed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to do like <laughs> an antibiotic. His open his eye. Like an antibiotic really? ointment on my eye. It was a pain. Did they pull well, it guarantee. off? Yeah. Yeah. Gross. I couldn't remember that. Oh, that's why you wear the patch. <clears throat> yeah. <I'm> kidding. <laughs> For those that don't Everyone's know. Everyone's like, oh my God, Chad, wear the patch. <laughs> no, it's, that's not true. R, my dear. Um, oh, um, I don't, my wife and I and mom were talking just the other day. Yesterday, actually, I think, of... Uh, Broken bones or hospital visits, and and she said, "Yeah, Chad had to. I'd take him to the doctor one time to get stitches. You remember that? You were climbing up on the climbed up on, on the, the shed to shoot blackbirds and fell off. <laughs> or no, <laughs> didn't fall off. I went to jump off, and it was an old window, and my feet went through it. Oh, yeah. And it tripped me up, and I fell down on the glass and cut my arm. <laughs> All for a blackbird. <laughs> hey, it was that was, was serious business back in the day." <laughs> For sure. So this week's podcast, we're going to talk about, I guess I can't really say this week's because we always do two, and one of them is almost always devoted to habitat or conservation or land management. And we're kind of, as we're getting into hunting season, so you'll start hearing a lot of uh, the second podcast or one of the podcasts every week will be kind of hunting devoted. And and this one, you know, it's, I don't know when this is going to release. Early September. September 3rd, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And we're going to be discussing the unwritten rules of hunting. Uh, For you baseball fans out there, or golf fans, shoot, there's unwritten rules for a lot of sports. There's a lot of Um, code of ethics. Yeah, and I think of, in baseball, there's a, well, shoot, Chad and I both have a whole book on the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, And there's unwritten rules on golf and all kinds of things. But I think there's unwritten rules. rules. And who knows? There may be a podcast on this topic before. Um, But there's a lot of rules, unwritten rules or code of ethics for hunting that we wanted to discuss. Um, I don't know if, if it may come to a shock to some of you, but we've spent a good majority of our younger years... Uh, hunting public ground so we have a lot of experience hunting public ground and different scenarios and things that have come up with that we still hunt some uh, public ground i've probably spent more time hunting public ground recently than either of you have gotten to just because you've been yeah work last Mm. since 2011 i've been 2011 2017 was really a lot of filming hunts and filming for shows and not so much time hunting public ground. Um, now, uh, we've got kind of a, with Land and Legacy started, we've been hunting our own farm some and hunting some places we have permission. So we haven't really hunted a whole lot of public ground. We have for turkeys um, and, yeah, turkeys mainly. Mm-hmm. But we'll probably hunt some deer on public ground at some point, uh, maybe even this fall. Depends on what we what we have going on. But 
Um, in the tag situation. Yes, in the tag situation. That's optimistic so, talk. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, there's a lot of unwritten rules. There's a lot of things that's like, my goodness, we have ran <laughs> into just some doggone crazy that we've stories. Writing the book about it. Yeah, there should be a book on this. And uh, anyway, so we asked you guys, listeners, uh, today, uh, this morning, to kind of put your input in. And there was a lot of comments on, um, on social media, and a lot of really, really good interaction. Uh, a couple hilarious comments, um, and so we're going to go through those, and we're going to go through a list of our own list. questions. A lot and of so these are so situational too. So like, we're, there's not always like a definitive. You should never, never, ever do this, or this is only under these circumstances. Like, things vary a lot and a lot across the country. With, with different hunting techniques and things. So it should be a lot of open discussion. To me, a lot of times the, the like, unwritten rules in hunting are more of a gray area so much as, like, in, in like, the sports, the unwritten rules are more of a, they're a little more black and white than the hunting stuff. A lot of our unwritten rules, and, I mean, most of our rules in hunting are written. They're all laws. Yeah. The legal or the unwritten rules are more gray area because there seems to be a lot of opinions from one person to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there's been a couple, like, I, I asked a scenario on our on our social media handles. Um, really, a couple things. I ask if, uh, if you're hunting public land and you find an unattended tree stand, is it okay to hunt from it? Then I also ask, is it okay to share trail cam pictures of a hitless buck from your buddy's camera. Um, and a lot of guys on there uh, say no and no. So they don't think you should be able to hunt out of another guy's tree stand on public land. Um, and we'll discuss that. Uh, and then the other one was, should you tra- share trail cam pictures from a buddy's camera? I feel like that one right there is an is it, I, I think that is a rule like it it's an unwritten rule like you shouldn't do that because um, there's been certain instances like this summer where a good friend of ours and team member Seth Harker he sent us pictures and I know we've shared it with each other and then he's done the same thing but I feel like if feller whatever Tom one of our made up friends. He sends us pictures. We don't have the right to pass that along to say, hey, check out picture of this buck that Tom has. What are your thoughts? My thing is, it's not yours to share. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, di- you didn't go through the effort of capturing it. It's not your camera. We'll get into this one later on. It's one that's kind of been burning in my mind. It's not your deer. Especially to specify, like, hey, look at the picture so-and-so got. Yeah. To, yeah, to, to like, put them out there. <laughs> it's you, on his You see farm. the big deer that so-and-so's got running around? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, go to a neighbor and say, hey, you got pictures of that deer? Yeah. Unless they sh- like, if, unless they share it openly, like, on social media or something like that, to me it's like, yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't go and share their business. Hopefully they're trusting you to keep yeah. it under wraps. Yeah. And then you go and do that. I, 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 don't, I don't see that being right. Uh, that's to me, uh, I feel like that's that's one that's probably broken a lot. Um, oh yeah, probably more in the shadows than anything. Of yeah, hey, did you see this deer? Yeah, did you see the deer so and so's got? My goodness, what's he doing over there? Well, you know what's weird is is and it's kind of shame. I think we've talked about on the <coughs> podcast is 
when there's pictures of, of big deer, like how many times do you see them almost – it's like it's like a news story. It, they get leaked, and then you just see them pop up randomly on other people's pages, and you're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> wait a second. I know that deer. We had an instance like this just like two days ago. I haven't told you about it, but there was a picture shared down where I work or a video really? of a deer swimming in the river. And uh, it was all over the people mm-hmm. work because we all – it was public land. And they were like, yeah. hey, did you see this deer? And they were like, yeah, where was that? Where's that at? And they're like, watch the rest of the video. And you see, like, a landmark that uh-huh. is Definitive. no doubt yeah. where it was at. And we're like, it was on Facebook. So, I mean, we <laughs> Everyone was like, I'm I ran it. into a guy that <laughs> evening at Walmart. It was like, hey, did you see that deer over there on, on video? Yeah, but yeah. It was like, yeah, that's – there's going to be a lot of people over there because it was a really good deer. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's funny. Like, e- even, like I said, we talked about this on, on the podcast before, but, like, real estate pictures. Unfortunately, and it's pretty shameful, but people will keep the same pictures, and they pop up on different listings. It's like, you got, like, that's bad. That's yeah. horrible. That's that's not like, that's <coughs> not an unwritten rule in real estate. Well, that's just false advertisement. To the but same like, end of they, outfitters that – Oh, I, yeah. There was a thing going around last year of an outfitter that was taking pictures off social media and putting them in advertising. Really? And a guy, and a guy found it. Wow. Realized wow. that some guy, some outfitter in like Southern Missouri was using the the pictures from a guy in Northern Missouri. <laughs> we're we're team members. We work yeah. together. He just don't. He's know got it a yet. big range. That deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big home range. Oh, that's funny. Speaking of which, did you hear? I can't remember. Don't quote me on this, but uh, you know the state of Missouri is doing that survey uh, of deer ranges. I'm going to have to go back. Remind me after a show. We're going to have to go and talk to a couple of our state employee friends. There was a young deer, I think a year and a half old or two and a half year old, that had a humongous range in northern Missouri. Hmm. Um, like counties and counties, I thought. I believe that's right. He like, survived. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was during the summer. So. Oh, okay. Um, all right. That's so just, that just don't make no sense cameras, at all. I, To me, I, I I feel like that one's broken a lot, and it's like, but I feel like, like a be- person's trail cam images, their hit list is something that's like pretty secretive, somewhat. And then if you just take them and if he's posting on social media, sure. That that like if you broadcast something on social media, it's like. You're giving the world permission to to share that, not claim that, but share that. But if you're like a pretty secretive guy and you're just kind of throwing a few out there to friends, I don't feel like they have permission to to share that. So we've got a lot of questions to cover, by the way. So we're gonna have to. Here's another one. Here's another one to deal with trail cameras. To like, I guess a question of an unwritten rule that what you guys think. What if you've got a place that you you hunt quite a bit on public ground. Say you have a stand there, and you come in a couple weeks later, and somebody's got a trail camera there. Do you check the card? <laughs> oh, I figured you were going to go that. Like, if you see a trail camera on public land, which public land by one word to me sums up everything about it. It's public. So if but, you, but it's it, private property. It's private property, but you lose that once you put it on public ground. And I here's don't another. Think so. Here's another thing with with the trail cameras, in Missouri, it's actually against the law to run trail cameras on your on state land. Really? Yeah. State so, land, not not federal. Federal, you can. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. They, the, 
MDC, there's a lot of guys MDC, that do that. Oh, it's, it's probably one of those it's, written it's rules that they a, don't ever enforce. A couple years ago, there's kind of a – I don't know that there's any truth to the story, but there's a story behind it. But they, they put a thing out there that you can't run cameras on state land. Huh. Well, you can't you can't leave stands, tree stands past. You can put point, them up right? and when I forget when you can put them up, but you have to have them down by the end of February, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, if and you find a tree labeled. stand during turkey right, they have season, your tag on it. Yeah, like, not your hunting license, but like a name tag and an address and phone you number, can. Think, uh, yeah, like you could put your 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 state hunting ID number on it. That's mm-hmm. what I used to do. We used to take the uh, we used to take the like uh, things off briefcase. Uh, travel bags that would your name and address, mm-hmm. and I would just clip that onto my tree stands. You don't hardly ever see it, mm-hmm. or you'll see Sharpie written on them. Well, I forgot about those rules. It's been so long since I've hung a tree stand to stay on public land. They were just talking about it in Arkansas at work the other day. In in on the Forest Service ground, you can only. Uh hey, we're sitting outside. I'm gonna enter. I'm gonna make sure everybody knows what's going on, so it's not Matt and I over here not getting the dials right. We're sitting outside. It's a little warm. We all have uh, waters and tea to drink, and Chad keeps drinking. And uh, you got to let that water last the whole <laughs> podcast here. Well, every time he does I it, know. he moves that stinking mic around, so well, he'll be very he'll be soft, quiet. and then he'll so blast. So anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah? <laughs> anyway, it was like you can only have stands out 14 days at a time. Really? Because they were complaining and wanting to get That's the rules changed because they can only have it there 14 days at a time. Huh. I wonder, what the, I wonder what the purpose of that is. Uh, I think it comes down to a lot of Forest Service rules where it's like camping. You can only oh, okay. keep 14 days. It's something like that huh. where you just have to you have to move them yeah. every 14 days. That's interesting. I kind of I don't mind that rule. No. I, I think a lot of times we've seen this on public ground in Missouri and other places where people just leave their tree stands. They start getting grown into trees and damaging trees. Well, I guess this gives us a chance to get into the one question of the tree stand. Yeah. The tree stand question. Because we've got some scenarios to throw out to see if you're just, a, I guess, thought-provoking to see yeah. if it changes people's minds. And and I bet you... Because <laughs> we've ran into all of these. Yes. So the question is, uh, I guess one of the questions, let's say you're hunting and you're on public ground and you're walking along and you end up finding a tree stand in a pretty good spot. Can you? Is it an unwritten rule to hunt it? To not hunt it? I I would not climb in, in another person's tree stand to hunt it. I yeah. just wouldn't. To me, I, there's a lot of scenarios because you can say no, you can't do it. But there's been a lot of instances where if it's the only, if it's the only, <laughs> well, only what, tree. I, I ran that by you guys earlier. I'm like. So a lot of people think of it as as timbered ground, and there's trees everywhere. But say you go to somewhere where there's a lack of like suitable Oklahoma, trees to hang tree stands Kansas, in. Northern Missouri. The only tree you can hang in, there's a stand there. Yeah. Do you go to the trouble of hanging above it? Yeah. And, you, and I mean, there's a lot the of only times tree you can hunt because I ran into it in Northern Missouri. Yeah. I to me, you know my story. I've hunted and killed a pretty good deer out of another guy's tree stand. Wasn't planted on it, and I, I, I'd go to my grave saying this. I climbed in the tree to look at the food plot because of the terrain, and when I got in the tree, deer started coming in, and I was stuck. I ended up shooting a really nice 128, 29-inch uh, 10-pointer out of that tree stand. Now, was it a, is it against the unwritten rules? 
I don't know. To me, it's like I'll, I'll say this: if if you were the guy who had the stand, yeah, and you walk in there and see some guy in your stand, well, that's another s- part yeah. of the story. That, there's a, that, there's like, another thing. If, what would what would you do? What would you feel like, dude? You're in my stand. Yeah, I, for sure. But the other I part of that story is I was already really really late getting into it, so it was yeah. like nobody's in this tree I mean, stand. I, I he ain't gonna be. I here. ran into another scenario of that. Um, public land right I had used to have pictures of it but I walked into a place I'd parked there and got there really early walked in it was hot it was October there was a pond that was hidden I'm like okay I can go in there well I get in there and I'm like oh there's a tree stand there luckily there were multiple trees I could hang in I hung in a, in a tree like 15 yards from this other tree that had a yeah. climber at the bottom of it 30 minutes before dark I hear leaves crunching I'm like here comes a deer <laughs> and it's yeah. it's a, a guy comes walking in i whistle and wave at him yeah and he looks up at i remember me, you sending me a picture of this puts his puts his head down and just keeps coming i'm like this guy's gonna climb this tree stand bro and he climbs <laughs> up 15 yards from me like on the same level won't look at me really but goes ahead and like knocks an arrow he has like two arrows <laughs> there i mean he was ready to go and i'm he sitting there rattling. like you better <laughs> believe if a deer comes within 50 yards of us and he's getting ready i'm shooting or scaring the deer because he's not gonna shoot first see i was taking pic i was i was cracking my i was like cracking up because i would take pictures and was sending it to everybody yeah, like yeah, look yeah, at yeah. this look at this guy see yeah. that's that to me that's just rude yeah. like there there definitely is a, a i think the unwritten rule is hey if you're on public land if you get there first you hunt that area you it doesn't matter if you have a stand there already. If you're late to the game, you're late to the game. Just be respectful and, yeah, and that's go hunt another that's spot. That's why if, if you hunt public land, you try to make sure that you have four or five or six yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a list of backup areas to go to. Sure. Because you're no matter what, you're going to run into somebody. You're going to have yeah. somebody get there before you. That's just an yeah. unknown. And that's, you know, that's fine. So that's the question. If you leave a tree stand... In the woods, is that claiming a spot? You know my answer, and that's a no. No, I don't think it claims a spot unless you're already in that tree hunting. So what if? What if? Let's let's flip this. Let's jump the fence into another scenario. So Matt said he's not going to hunt another guy's tree stand. If you go into a cove on opening day of duck season, and there's a whole spread of decoys out there, and there's nobody around, you're going to hunt the decoys. You're going to pull them all up and throw your own decoys out there. That's a like. Di- that's that's a different decoy situation there. <laughs> like, uh, what's the difference? See, this is where all of uh, all these scenarios the rules yeah, yeah. are very gray. Yeah, they are. They are. Because this has happened to Chad and I. We had a yeah. uh, an amazing spot we've we found on one of the local lakes around here. We knew there was a lot of a lot of waterfowl using it, and it was well, like we were, we're going. We're lucky we're going. we had a buddy that doesn't deer hunt. Yeah. So he'd been scouting ready. He's uh-huh. like, we're going to yeah, be in yeah. there. And next morning we roll in there and there's this whole spread of decoys. Weird. And we're like, I would we're never like leave yelled, decoys. Shine lights around, nobody around. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and here's the best part. So we're like, it's a it's a cove. It's not a very big cove either. It's like, well, yeah, we'll go. They, th- We left them. We just put our spread right next to it. Yeah. And here they come, thinking they'd just roll right in there. Uh-huh. It was like. Man, I mean, you utilized a spread that was already there and built a bigger spread. Is what you're saying? 
No. Or it was just <clears throat> we ended up moving. We were we were not right next to it. We were out like at the edge of the cove then. We had okay. to go to the mouth of the cove. Yeah, yeah. But we, the spot we wanted to be was where they were. And it was like, yeah, quote, air quotes, where they were trying to claim a spot. Yeah, trying to claim a See, spot. I, do, I think your physical presence claims a spot, just like a tree stand, like – you can yes, go in sure. there and hunt it. I was I was thinking about the claiming the, claiming the spot thing driving up here, and I think part of he's it, been, it I, we have to he's been thinking about this. When I called him today, what was supposed to be a five minute conversation <laughs> turned into fifteen because it was like, well, what about we, this scenario? We've discussed uh-huh. it, and see, we've all three worked on public ground. Uh huh. If you work on public ground very much, you see tree stands everywhere, and you realize how many tree stands are actually in the woods. Yeah. Some people, I don't think, realize how many stands get hung, and they think, well, I hang a stand. That's my spot. Nobody can get in there. It but doesn't work like that. I mean, we used to, when we hunted public ground a ton in, like, northern Missouri, it was it was always a, when we went in to scout a new place, we played the game of find the tree stand. <laughs> yeah. Because you knew <laughs> with the availability of aerial, aerial maps and everything else, right. people, people would scout it out, and you're like, well, this place looks really good, but. How many stands are going to be in there? There's a stand. There's a stand. It almost got stand. to where you search for the, you don't search for the obvious good spot. You no. avoid those. You avoid those. Right. You Give search for secrets. the. You, you look for the junky spots that are overlooked, and yep. uh, the spots that maybe not even junky. They may be amazing, but they're overlooked for some secret reason or some some reason. So, to me, I, I, I'll I'll play you a scenario, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll lay up another scenario for you. The whole don't hunt the tree stand thing is is easy to say. No, somebody's that's that's somebody's spot. Like that's that that's their tree stand. But if you flip it and you go to some place where there's not many trees. You're gonna run into that at some point or another, and then you're going. Here's the. I can think of a spot right now. We could drive right to it, look at the tree, and say that's the tree because that's the only tree. And there's a good chance at some point this fall you go to hunt that tree. There's gonna be a tree stand in it, and it's like you could be the very. To me, I think if you're like trying to play by the rules in public ground, first come, first serve. If if you want that spot so bad, you better get there early. And physical, it, so physical presence. You're saying physical absolutely. presence, being there, claims a spot. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Because Tree stand doesn't do it. Sometimes, and, and there's places we've hunted multiple times, and places where we scouted around, and there was there was another spot where it was there was one tree, one tree that you wanted to hunt, and there was a stand in there. Well, we'd been around enough that we recognized the name, and we saw like five or six stands from the same guy. Uh huh. And it's like, he's put stands all over this place claiming his spots. But it's like, that's the only tree you can hunt. Yeah. Do you go somewhere else? Now, no. looking back at the fact, we did hunt that stand. And it had been hunted enough that the deer avoided that spot. And we <laughs> like, well, that tree's awesome normally, but it's been hunted so much Tarnished. that the deer avoided one guy, one guy commented, he said, I'm so tired of hunters and their stupid unwritten rules. Unless you own the property, expect someone to hunt your spot or your tree stand. And that's that's it. Like, if you hang, if back in the old days when I used to carry in ladders or whatever, leave a climber, at some point, if, if I left it there for very long, you just kind of expected somebody to hunt it. Um, hunt hunt the tree or hunt, or hunt use the your stand. stand. Use the stand, yeah. 
I always um, considered it if I took well, it in he, there and hung it up, it was public ground again. Yeah, it's like, well, somebody. Is that by default or, like, is that just the way, is that is that an unwritten rule? That, like, I'm, I'm going to do it to someone else, so I'm allowing, like, would you get mad if you found someone in your stand that you left? No, not no. if they beat me to the place. Because I would rarely get beaten to it. Anyway. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's we've the been rule. called diehard so many times that with that kind of stuff, I'm hunting public ground. I'm. I mean, yeah, you you have to something do your we used to do, and maybe it's and get a. There. I don't think it's any any kind of rule or anything, but we used to if we found our spot, we would all Let try to hunt from the everyone's tires in the parking. Lot. We would like to <laughs> hang out in the parking lot, and as soon as a, and we were all ready to go, and so like we would hang out there midday, and if somebody rolled in, whoop. Gone, so yeah, yeah, and so we were, were always the first ones off. in, yeah, and it's even more more so turkey hunting. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I ran into it this year in Oklahoma, and that's here's here's an unwritten rule. Say you're in the parking lot. Oh, that's somebody, one of my. That's somebody, one of my. Somebody else is in the parking lot. You pull up. You plan on going in there. There's like a one road going out. One road going in. One drainage. You pull up, and somebody else is parked there. They're not gone from their truck yet, but they're getting they're ready to go. You pull up. Do you just turn around and go somewhere else? Or do you I'd, try to go with them? I'd have a conversation with them, be like, so like where are you going? I mean it, it's kinda of stupid question, but it's just like courteous. To me I where feel like going? if 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 Am it's an obvious you? like you're in a part of the you're in a part where Part of the country where there's only like one little drainage, I'm probably going somewhere else. I don't want to. Chances are we don't hunt the same style, or I'm probably going to think he's going to screw skills, this up. For me. Yeah, he's going to mess this up. I'm going somewhere else. Because I mean, I've told you guys the story, but I I had that this year. I got there early, got to a spot, was sitting there getting my stuff together, and I was like, boy, it's a long time till daylight. I'm not walking on in there yet because yeah. I'm just going to be sitting there. And I had planned on thought I, I was in Oklahoma on public ground. I thought, well, I can see far enough. Lights coming in or something. And a guy got up on me before I even realized it. He, he was, was, like, he was oh, sleeping. Man. And I went to grab my stuff, and he was already there. And, like, he pulls up, and he's like, where, where are you going? And I was like, the one drain. The drainage <laughs> right here? <laughs> and he's like, well, right or left. And I'm like, I was going to go down there into that drain and wait. Yeah, yeah. And he's like. It's a turkey. It gobbles. <laughs> you he's go like, well, turkey. I dropped a buddy off on the other side, and I've come around. Mm, and I love those. And then gave me the. Well, you can go. There's a food plot there. You can go this side, and I'll go the other side. It, there's there's a lot more area that way. Uh-huh. And yeah. Uh huh. And yeah, when I got in there, I realized they'd been there the evening before and knew right where the turkey was yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Did and they I, kill the turkey? No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody sat on the south side of the food plot and almost called the turkey in. Uh huh. It came funny. from them and came by me. Right. So here's the question for you. L- let's say you you do have a a scenario where somebody is in the spot you planned on going. To me, like, that was always a rule for us is, like, if you pull up to a parking lot and there's already a certain amount of vehicles and there's already, and you look at the map and you're like, there's that many spots, I'm not even going to bother. It was like, if I got beat to the punch, I'm not going in there. That's always been my rule. I'm not going to try to go in there and beat somebody out. I would consider that an unwritten rule. What if, here's a scenario for you. What if you've got a spot that you're like, your buddy says, hey, I'm going to this spot. Okay, cool. And then that person 
ends up being at the spot they told you they weren't going. And you know there's multiple birds or there's multiple locations. You go ahead and go. Done it. Say that one I can again. Think, so what we, a scenario we dealt with was you have a conversation with somebody over the phone. Where are you guys going this afternoon? We're going down to this place. Okay, cool. I'll go over here to this place, point B, and they went to point A. You get to point B, and their truck's parked there. Like, why are they at point B? They told us they were going to point A. And then you realize this is a turkey hunting they, scenario. They a bug, there's a, a bunch of birds gobbling in there, and you say, oh, man, there's a bunch of birds in there, and they told us they weren't coming over here. They swung by this spot. They went by point B en route to point A to make sure that it, see if there was any birds gobbling where you told them you were going. That happened to us. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going into point B and almost, we went after different birds. Once we got back in there, we heard them working a bird and we went around and went and worked another one. But to me, I feel like you can say, ah, if somebody scenario is somebody's in there, you don't go. But if somebody's in there trying to beat you to the punch to blow your spot out before they go to their spot, I feel like game on. And that's what I guess we I didn't guess have permission to hunt point B. By the way, that's what our point A. I'll go say, wait a second. <laughs> Why couldn't yeah, we just yeah. go to their spot? But we yeah. didn't have permission. I guess it's it just what you see from all this is there's a lot of variables. To oh, it, so to many variables. Rules, where you can throw another little layer on top, and it's like, well, that kind of changes it. Well, yeah, that kind of changes. We had it. W- probably the best comment of all was one guy just just wrote. Oh, man, I, I want to give him credit because this is Joey Walker. The best comment, and this is the rule of thumb, do unto others. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going to a spot or you tell somebody you're going to that spot, go to that spot. Don't change it halfway through trying to mess their hunt up or whatever. Um, or or if you do, it's hopefully it's for a good reason. Call them. Just let them know. No. Uh, things it, happen. It was not that case for Chad and I. Um so hunting someone else's tree stand is more of a safety issue for me. This was this was something, and very true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you might not realize the strap is old or the stand isn't hung properly until it's too late. Chances are, for me, I'm. you guys know this, I'm very particular about how the stand's set up. Being a lefty, uh, just comfort, everything, um, making sure the stand is hung properly and, and set up oh, in the right situation is, is important now. Once again, like to me, the rule was always if if there's a tree stand on public land, it's public it's public property. Doesn't matter if it's yours. Like if I hang a set on public property, anybody can hunt it. Now, it's a little bit different because we don't leave our steps there. So if they want to go to the trouble of bringing steps in and hunt it, and they beat me to the spot, sure, it's all theirs. Chances are they won't beat me to the spot. But that but that's that's what you're. <clears throat> what if they do beat you to the stop spot? Then it's what all you, theirs. Yeah. You're walking away completely saying, hey, that's my tree stand, but go Absolutely. ahead and hunt it. Yeah. The only, no I, I no hard one, feelings, nothing. When you're no, at a place in Kansas that I'd hunted opening day for years because I would get there hours before daylight. Yeah. Nobody ever beat me to it. Yeah. I ran in there one day, and I'm like, there's somebody here, which this place was one that there were a lot of options. Yeah. I was like, well, I've got daylight. I could see the guy. I'm like, well, I'm going to follow and see if he's heading that direction. But when I figure out that he's going where I was trying to go, or peel off and do something I'm else. gone. I'll yeah. go somewhere. And that's what I did. I walked in and it was like, 
became obvious this guy's going right to the drainage that I always hunt. I'm like, guess I got to go somewhere else. I going to it. Else. I, I, see the I difference. Came, I came back mid morning. Yeah, and he was gone, and I yeah. killed one in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, a location, a general location. Sure, they beat you to the punch, but it's like if you're talking about personal property turning into public property, what if, what if you that that to me is like the gray area of like your stand or your personal property. I wouldn't I wouldn't go and and you know consider someone else's stand a a now a public object or trail camera or something like that. Like I wouldn't use it as my own. Uh, I wouldn't check the trail camera pictures on it. Um, but it's like where where's like where's that line? Where's the, where's the line? Because it's it's public land, but it is private property. It's like if your if your car is parked in a public lot. Like, that's not public property if someone messed with your truck. Yes, but at the same time, your truck should be locked. (laughs) Stands should be locked so they don't get stolen, stuff like that. But like yeah, but you like can't lock them out of it. Like it's not like a uh, you put up a, you put up a ground <laughs> blind or or something. Are you going to expect nobody to hunt a ground blind? Because anybody can get in a ground blind. Well, here's the other one with a vehicle. You have all your registration and stuff. It's parked in the parking lot. If you leave your vehicle, say you go somewhere and commute for ten days, and you come back, it's it's not it's not like that 10 days they're going to come and or if you leave it past this time it's not like they're going to come and if it's in like a commuter lot they're not going to come and take it yeah and a tree stand say the thing 14 <coughs> days if you leave it there for 30 days and and somebody like a game warden realizes that they're going to confiscate that tree it's stand to me i always but go but back to but they're the law they're they're there to uphold the law yeah but you're not, not a, doing anything written, to that, and that's a written rule we're talking to, to me I, I don't like always comes down to did they beat me? Because if I put up a ground blind on public ground, I'm exp- at some point and I leave it. I never would do this, but if I did <laughs> leave it, somebody's gonna I hunt it. Never do yeah. that. If I don't want somebody to hunt my tree stand, I'm taking the steps with me. Yeah, and that's what we always do. And if they to carry the steps in, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. If you don't want somebody to hunt your tree stand, don't leave it there. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's one for you. Uh, I, I guess I I almost didn't t- share share this story, but I'm going to because safety was brought up. Same tree stand that I shot that good deer out of. I go back the next year, and it's still in the same tree, same scenario. Doesn't appear like it's even moved. Mm-hmm. Broke the law because it stayed there all summer. Climbed up in it. It's happened twice in my life. And this time it was early season because I was actually working on that conservation area by this point. You more climbed up in it to check it. I climbed up in it to check it and look at it. I didn't. I you, don't I think even you checked it. You were checking for a name, weren't you? I think so. I don't even know if it was hunting season yet, to be honest with you, because it was when I was working on the property. Cable you, you're broke. Just, you were just reliving the moment. The yeah, pretty much. Uh, cable broke. Almost threw me out of the tree stand. Yeah. Broke it. And that's what this guy's concern was. I don't know what condition, the straps or anything. Praise the Lord, I didn't fall because I wasn't wearing a harness. I really don't even think it was hunting suit. I can't remember, but cable broke and pow! And I ended up jumping back on the ladder before it completely gave way. And it's like, okay, so 
now the stand was against the law because it spent the whole year on the property. Um, to me, it, it just gets back into that gray area of going, okay, where where's the line? I just wanted to share that story because I can't tell you how many stands I've climbed up in over the years, homemade stands, just because for some reason I get this I don't know why, but I just want to see what it looks like from the top of the tree stand. And I, I see so many. Of them, no. I see so many of them <laughs> on Forest Service ground. Uh-huh. It's a it's a guarantee. I'm gonna like. What's this person? I like to see what the what what the they, what's they the attraction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and some of them it it more consists of. I've run into tree stands on Forest Service land that I could stand flat footed and grab the platform yeah. and swing on it. Oh, and it's yeah. one of those you grab it and swing on it. Like, hey, look at this. Like, <laughs> Mark and Timber, we ran into them all the time. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, here's another one. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this one. It's November 15th. It's Missouri rifle season. It's also, I can't remember. When is quail season open in Missouri? The 15th or the 1st? The 1st, I believe. I don't remember. First. So it's November 1st. What bow hunter in the right mind don't want to be in the woods November 1st? What quail hunter don't want to be in the woods? Exactly. You pull up there as a as a quail hunter, you're getting there daylight or mid morning, but you pull up there and there's a whole bunch of trucks, people bow hunting. Do you go in with your bird dogs and run all over the place? If you don't have another option, if there's not another good place to hunt, it's public ground. They can do it. That's right. And see that's it's, it's, what about a bird watcher where? though? He's out there public ground they have every right you want to talk about some mad mad people oh, yeah they'd be they'd be really upset but at the same time if there's a dog out there they could easily bump deer if yeah, you're absolutely. in a travel that's corridor it would, that's I where mean, you should be anyhow some people are going to be mad and some people are going to be like getting the deer up yeah get them out of that get them out of the cover out there in the yeah. fields and run them right. in here to me i mean that's that's what goes with hunting public ground you just have to expect the unexpected. You have to be prepared, and I think if you if you're not willing to be flexible and understand that, that at some point something like what we're talking about is going to happen, then you have unrealistic expectations of hunting public ground. What about an over aggressive hunter? That could be like calling too much or what? Calling too much. I've been there. It could. <laughs> oh, you did. You were there on private ground. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been there with another one of us in the group. Oh. The over <laughs> aggressive caller. <laughs> Not to name any names. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I'm thinking, you know, that's a bunch of different things. That's a guy who's rattling September 20th, and you're in a tree stand over a nice food plot or next to a bedding area, and a guy comes in. You know, that that's part of it. Um, and, and to me, there's so many times as uh, hunting public ground, when you're going to run into an inexperienced, mm-hmm. ignorant hunter. And that's not, I mean, ignorant, I've just lack on, of on knowledge. Well, that's, you're going to hear that on the other podcast. I and guess that's why me, I chose that word. To me, it also, I can't, I, I'm mad. talking about, I'm, I'm going to talk. The reason I bring this up is I'm talking about all the times you're setting late season on a food plot. It's prime time, and 30 minutes for 30 minutes before dark, you hear something. Here comes Larry Longbow walking along, arrow knocked, traditional archer, trying to still hunt his way into the food. You plot. tell that story from personal experience, because we 
we had we had a public ground spot where deer were coming into food plots late season. Right. And a guy walked up on one from the road, and word got out of a good buck. And that year, the rest of the year, there was rarely a time we sat on the food plot that we didn't have somebody come, like, in blue jeans and a camo shirt with a face mask. They came off, they got off work, and they would come in the evenings and just start walking food plots trying to, trying to shoot deer out of the food plots. Yeah. That was that's 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 just annoying. Like that's it. I mean, and that's that's a lack of inexperience of probably preferred or or best chance tactics. But again, as frustrating frustrating as it is, he can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's he he totally ground. can do it. You have to. It's it's ah, if you're trying to hunt it, that's the thing. Hunting's just because you have a different hunting scenario or style doesn't mean you're right or wrong. You just probably more effective or less effective than someone else. So and I guess what you do is you have to use that to your advantage. It's like the over-aggressive person. Don't hunt food plots. You don't hunt food yeah. plots. You, I mean, we sat there is it on the same area and had people. I could hear three different people rattling. Yeah. yeah. Is three it, different is areas it legal to do deer drives on public ground? I don't think there's a law against it. So let's say uh, on some public g- ground, obviously they all change, but I, 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 I mean, hunted I'm, one I'm when sure I was growing up. You states. couldn't. Yeah, let's say it's perfectly legal. How long do you put up with somebody doing deer drives before you try to talk to them and say, "Hey, man," or do you just finally go somewhere else? But it's you got one spot close to home. You know, Wright County doesn't have a lot of public ground uh, where we live, where Chad and I grew up. There wasn't a lot of public ground and so and they're not they're most of them are like river access it's two three hundred acres let's say you go in on one of them and there's tom dick and harry and they all three love doing deer drives how long do you put up with that before you either start fishing or say something to them saying hey guys i'm trying to hunt in here too your style don't match my style do you ever do it i mean there's there's not really anything you can do to tell them to stop, I think no. if you're going to keep hunting there, you have to adjust how you're hunting. Yeah, you have to use totally <laughs> use them to your advantage. I, oh I, yeah, and I think for sure it's kind of like when you go and you drive in a city, like you have to be a defensive driver based on on all everyone else's activities. If you're going in to hunt a public piece of ground, you have to anticipate there being pressure. And if you're not, <laughs> if you're not, Adam's trying to take a drink and just my phone's it. in the wrong way, <laughs> in the wrong spot. Um. But you have to go in defensively almost to know, hey, this this spot, we talked about earlier, the good spots, they're going to have pressure on them. You already messed up. You're playing defense. you got to play offense, man. <laughs> you got to get I, aggressive. Well, you know. <laughs> if, if they're aggressive, you got to get more aggressive. <laughs> I, call I, I call think, more and louder. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> go further. Yeah. Snortwheeze every five minutes. I'm just thinking. I think know, you play uh, defense. To, deer, to, deer are to smart. Me, to me, like – you don't. I don't hunt public ground like I would hunt private ground. Very. Some things are similar, but you have the ability, and this is this is kind of like code of ethics too. I guess is. Are you going to do things that you wouldn't do on your own ground? Like, I wouldn't dare go into a sanctuary to hunt a bedding area right on top of a bedding area on my public ground or a private, private. ground. But a lot of people do it on public ground. And it's like, hey, it's almost like if you're playing in a wood bat league and a guy shows up with an aluminum bat, it's perfectly legal 
but it's like how long before you start doing the same stuff? He you start swinging an aluminum bat versus. To me, it's like the same thing. Like, I, there's a lot of guys who are very successful on public ground because they get really aggressive. But if if we took those strategies and we put them on private ground, we'd blow out our spots, and we'd and quickly go somewhere else because our deer are nocturnal. And I guess that's why public ground can be so tough to hunt, but it also can make it. To me, it gives you. It helps you cancel out a lot of areas. Yeah. You can use that to your advantage. That's what I'm saying by really, hunting defensively. I mean, you can go in. He's really hanging change, up on that. You change how you hunt completely on the public ground to where it's like, I'm going to go into spots. I'm going to hunt bedding. I'm going to yeah. be aggressive. Yeah. I'm going to go into the bedding areas because a lot of times those bedding areas are the places that people don't think about hunting. Yeah. You're going to realize, well, the deer are bedding right here next to the highway. Yeah. I'm going to hunt. I'm still going to use the wind and, and everything else, but I'm going to hunt those areas. To me, I feel like the best the analogy I can have for this, I guess for you baseball guys, is if I'm going, if I'm on private ground, I'm going to hunt it. I'm going to try and, you know, I'm going to bunt the man over. I'm going to move him over. I'm going to take the extra base. I'm going to try and hit some singles. I'm going to try and hit the sack fly and get a run in. If I go to public ground, it's like I'm swinging for the fences every single Grand time. Slams. I don't care if nobody's <laughs> on and we're down five. I'm still swinging for the fences. Yeah. And that, to me, that's how the approach is in a lot of public ground, and that's what I'm seeing more and more people who are successful on public ground. That's the strategy they're using. What? They're going in there. And I think that's like, you know, when we look at hunting pressure on public land, there's there's two different types of pressure. It's it's number of people that hunt them but also the tactics and the style in which how aggressive you are. And that's why public ground has so much pressure. And that's why, like, as opposed to private land, you have so many more variables. In private land hunting, you just have you just have the deer and your own self that you're accounting for. With public ground, you have to account for Definitely. Joe Blow riding a horse through this area, everybody walking. I mean, you, you have... The rabbit hunters. I mean, there's public land that I hunt that they have no consistent bedding area because there are so many people. You account on those deer being jumped every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Or you have to almost step on them to get them out. Mm-hmm. It's that thick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so are you ever going to, as a, let's say, flip the scenario, you have a longbow recurve compound whatever it is and you're like you know what i want to do a little still hunting how many people do you have to walk by before you start feeling bad (laughs) (laughs) oh lordy uh it probably (laughs) depends there's only certain situations (laughs) i would ever do it in like time of the year wise that i would do it in. so like that's a tough question You see here. Here's the thing. You're gonna bump if if it's a if it's a hot public land area. You can walk to your stand, and you're gonna see people. I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're, you're you're going to walk past them. Sometimes you just okay. You see a person. You bounce around them. You move on. That happens again. That's that's an expectation, I think. Um, but Dad, if that's the way you choose to hunt, that's that's what you can do. So. Let's flip it again, and, and you're that man who enjoys still hunting. That man in the tree stand that you walked by the last two Saturdays, he's had enough. That man starts 
walking out in front of you 100 yards. He keeps stopping, looking back, seeing which direction you're going, but he's trying to walk in front of you. How long How long does that go on before you get mad? As the man who's been making everybody mad, now's the man getting mad. <laughs> that. <laughs> the whole point of this is just to understand there's a scenario to probably prove your point wrong. And there's a scenario that you can use to say, this is why I'm right. But it all comes down to there's so many in, there's so many variables and there's so many different scenarios that it really comes down to try to have a code of the golden rule doing to others as you would have them doing to you. Because there's so many times that that man who's <coughs> walking around still hunting or rabbit hunting or squirrel hunting, he's all fine and dandy doing his own thing because he's picked a scenario that knows most guys aren't doing. But until somebody starts messing his up, that's when you're going to get mad. And to me, I, that's why I ask you that about the, the guy yeah. walking in front of you. Because you could sit there and be the only poor sack that's strapping on the longbow recurve on your back, right, walking around like Robin Hood. And you think, boy, everybody else hunts that way. I'm going to hunt this way. And it's all fine and dandy until somebody starts doing it, too. Because I guarantee if you walk to a big field and you're like, I'm sneaking me, up, why is, there, why is there no deer out here? Then you look on the other side and there's a guy that's already walked through there doing the same thing. That's when it's going to start getting irritating. Th- wouldn't well, that I'm be like a sim- <coughs> similarity between like a guy like hanging right next to another guy? Like what happened to Chad Like oh, in, yeah. in a hunting situation? See, But in that situation, I feel like that was wrong. Yeah. And, and Absolutely. See, I guess this is one of those things to remind everyone that – to always think of the other guy's side of the story. Definitely. Because, I mean, I I mean, Arkansas, where I work, in southern Arkansas, you can still run dogs uh-huh. on a lot of the places. And you talk to people that, that run dogs, and they're like, well, we just get the deer moving. All the people that are still hunting ought to be happy because we're keeping the deer moving. But in the same side of that, say, they've got a place that they like to run dogs. How will they feel if... They go there in the afternoon. Somebody else has already been there and already ran dogs and ran the deer off of that. How, I mean, or if they are going somewhere and somebody else goes there before them and does it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those where you always have to think of the other person. Totally. Before you get mad and lose your head. Yeah. Yep. yep. For sure. You got any others? You got anything in mind? I, we, we've got a few minutes left, and I'm trying to I'm trying to go through because we had a ton of comments. A ton of and I want, yeah. F- hilarious one. Our, our friends over at uh, the Element Podcast, they commented, <clears throat> oh, I do have another one, another one for you, but they commented and said that hunting another man's tree stand is a lot like wearing another man's underwear. <laughs> they're, I think they said something like, they're okay with it if you are. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. I, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I told them in the message, they, they tagged us in their story and said, said that and I was like, well, I guess I've I've worn another man's underwear and I killed a pretty good buck doing it. So I'm <laughs> cool with it if he is. Here here's a, here's one. Like what if what if you ha- it's not public ground? What if it's like two guys private ground, there's a good deer overlapping home range core area on both properties. But like one guy feels like, "Hey, that's my deer. He's on my property." And the other guy's like, "Hey, that's my deer on my property." Do you have a right to be angry? 
if the other guy if the other guy harvests it? No, you're, not like, at all. Jeez. I think the unwritten rule, like people's trying to always claim, I, and I've claim seen that, deer. You know what I mean? Like I've seen that settled. Oh, that's lot. my deer, my deer, a lot my of that was that's the problem with game cameras and naming yeah, deer. Yeah, yeah. people name name these deer and and want to, they might have a hundred acres and five or six. And people everyone are knows that picture not, of this deer, and yeah. they all have a certain name for it. And all like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he killed Joe. And it's yeah. Like, well, no, he killed Billy. It's I the mean, same deer. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, like I feel like it like that, that possessiveness, like because because it is private ground. It's like oh, he's on he's on my turf, but like I I feel there's that weird until it happens, I guess. Do you people are just like take that possessiveness too far? I guess. Yeah. But it's like well, shoot, when we what was the name of the deer that that got killed by the neighbor a couple years ago? What was uh. That nine pointer. Oh, that uh, just ranged like I don't just remember boom, the name of it. way out, um, like a mile. Killed it, Blake. Right. The one that, oh, the one that chased the doe way off. Mesa. Killed it. Mesa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how that deer was on camera all the time. Yeah, but no, it's like by chance he's boom, just he just gone, gone. And you remember what happened that year? No acorns mm-hmm. and no food plots hardly. The food plots yep. were pitiful because we didn't have rain. We fixed all that <laughs> pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. the next year. Um, but, yeah, de- definitely uh, we weren't mad. Shoot, we no. posted about it. and Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, they said, so going back to a couple comments we had, um, the <clears throat> guys down at the Element Podcast, they said that uh, they would be, upset if a man hunted their tree stand but they wouldn't be what he say it's totally legal in our state i'd be ticked if i found someone in my stand on public but it is legal hanging hunts kind of fix all that though mm. that's where it's like mm-hmm. if you have a problem with somebody hunting your tree stand find a way to where you're not leaving your tree stand in there yeah. but if you don't have a problem with it leave it who cares saddle um hunt. <laughs> yeah that's a, a lot of a couple guys were like saddle hunting fixes all that mm-hmm. uh parker over at uh southern McDonald's, ground yeah Yep. Yeah, he commented. That, I mean, it does. Said, uh, it does. I guess fix that. He's like, uh, no one no, but the problems, but it's not a problem because I saddle hunt for life, baby, or something <laughs> like that. Um, here's one for you: hunting property lines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this we could shift off this. Well, you could do it even on public ground. Yeah. Is it cool to hunt public ground property lines? That is the world. I mean. T- how many public ground that's, hunting that's guys? That's like the broadhead comparison question. You go into you try to go to the private because it's like, well, shoot, less pressure. They're, the food's on food. the private. I'm going to yeah. catch them as they come back to bedding. Everybody does that, but then you flip it and you go to public ground. It's like, don't you dare hunt close to my property. I don't have a problem with it. Where, where the issue, I guess, comes up is, is that the same spot they always hunt? My biggest issue is as long as they don't shoot something on the uh, on our property line, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you start shooting over the fence or shooting deer that are on another property yeah. that you don't have permission, that's where the line is. I and agree if on you're that, for sure. so another r- unwritten rule: if you shoot a deer on private ground and it runs across the fence onto the neighbor, do you just go and get it? And this I, is I, where you plan ahead. You yeah. have to have good relations with the neighbor too. Right. Have that. And if you don't, you better mend fences d- or fix it. Don't I mean. stop shooting until <laughs> yeah. until they're done. <laughs> yeah. And that's no, where I, if you're going to hunt the property line and there's a good chance of the deer going across, you better try to plan ahead and try to sure. get that worked out. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess most states, though, it's 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 illegal for them to stop you from retrieving wounded game. I'm pretty sure in most states, like uh, on, on private land, if you make contact, like they're not supposed to. So one guy commented not. and said you absolutely can't hunt public, private boundaries. Like that's against the rules. You shouldn't be able to hunt boundaries. And the next guy said, well, how is that? I only have 12 acres. Uh-huh. And now a scenario where. He hunts anywhere and he's hunting the boundaries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What if huh. you have an easement? Can you hunt the easement then? You technically own it. If you got a twenty foot easement, you better shoot quick. <laughs> you better <laughs> shoot quick and put them down. Yeah. Well, and I, I read in that one guy brought up brought up a scenario of somebody hunting a clear cut where it's been planted in pines, uh-huh. a pine plantation, and the pines are six, seven foot tall. Right. There's the only open lanes are along <laughs> the fence lines, and he gives a guy permission to hunt and tells him don't cut any trees. Yeah. What's he do? It, uh, to me, it, yeah. the only way to draw the line is the line. Like, yeah. if that deer is on public ground, you're hunting public ground, it doesn't matter, and, and you're on public ground legally, you have every right to shoot that deer. Every right. If it steps across and, you're, and it's on private, no. And if you're sitting on private, no. That's it not should right. be, it what, should what about be the man who's all green and if it's in green, you can shoot it. But if it's in red, you can't yeah. shoot it. Yeah. Unless you have permission. Well, I'd say, what about yeah. the, the lucky guy who, who does hunt private ground, that borders the public ground, and there's a public land hunter close to the fence, and he shoots across it and kills it first? Yeah, I, I mean, mean that, that's if, free if, game. If yeah. you're a private ground, hunting private ground next to public, and there's a deer on public <laughs> ground, you can shoot it. But if Correct. you're a public ground hunter and there's a deer on private, you can't shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like you read. You guys are doing real estate. It's always one of those that you see the real estate ads where it's like, oh, it borders Mark Twain National Forest, and as like a great thing. And I was like, that depends on how deep me, in the forest it borders. <laughs> you're gonna deal with the headaches of everyone wants to go and hunt your boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like, sure. That's what you're gonna deal with well, you, on owning land next to it. You mentioned the easement stand like oh, yeah. you've got a long right of way all the way back in 20 foot easement or 50 foot easement i saw that it was like two years ago on on a, a listing it was like 20 yard you know strip all the way back along the road and the the stand was on the actual like fence line the the fence was stapled into this tree and it, there's a stand on it looking out <laughs> into the neighbor's field i don't know obviously i don't know if he had permission or not but it's like what do you what do you do you're on a little narrow strip, and that and it's facing the wrong, and it's facing the neighbor. Oh, yeah, yeah that's the neighbor. That's the problem that a lot, of, and I read it in the comments. That's the problem a lot of people have, where it's the unwritten rule of hunting the property lines, and people yeah. like it, is the thought of somebody sitting in a tree stand and shooting across the property line. Right. I mean, that's not an unwritten rule. That's a written rule. Correct. You don't, you don't shoot on the private property. Correct. On the side, but that's that's the concern with a lot of people of hunting property lines. Is Everyone that makes the assumption that someone's if they're if they're ballsy enough to put a stand there, that they're willing enough to to stretch that yardage line and shoot across the line. That's what the main concern is, I guess. What else we got? No, oh, I think that pretty well wraps it up. I mean, th- th- we've been going at it for about an hour. And I just think there, there's so many. And, and I know once we there's release this podcast, it's going to be boring. And we're probably going <laughs> to end up doing Unwritten Rules Part 2. And 
Maybe even Probably. part three because we haven't even talked about turkey hunting or fishing. Well, and I guess yeah. I guess yeah. fishing the, hole. the point of it Waterfowl is. is a big one. Oh. If it does anything, it just gets people discussing it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. Instead that's of just being consciously mad, think, consciously think thinking about, about their action prior to, to taking it. The only way to actually have any outcome that's good at all is to talk about it. Nah, and you're right. And discuss it. Yeah. I, you're talking you're about overcalling. We go on and on about oh, water sky busting. Yeah, <laughs> good. I mean, the waterfowling has a ton of it. Oh, oh man, there's so much of calling it. too much. Yeah. I mean, dude, elk hunting. There's so much. Like, where's the rule? Like, to me, I feel like you can't. You can, calling is calling. You could call all day, every day on public ground, and nobody could say nothing to you because it's totally illegal. In right, a lot of right. instances, especially like I could go out in the best spot November first and rattle till November fifteenth, and it's not breaking one law. Yep, you're not going to do any good. <laughs> I'm not going to do any good. <laughs> no. Don't rattle. Sure just you're going to have fun doing it. Yeah, you did the the what we referenced where I had the on private land having an over aggressive caller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sure had a lot of fun that day. No, I did. Was that turkey or deer hunting? That was deer hunting. Deer hunting. Yeah. I'm trying to think here. Longbow Walker, we covered that one. The uh, deer drivers, we did cover that one. Over aggressive hunter. That that one just. There's so many things you could do. Like, so many applicable situations. Yeah, I, I. Dad's got a scenario where he was out scouting. I mean, we dealt with this a lot in northern Missouri. That week, the the, the best week to hunt. Almost every year is the week before Missouri firearm season. Right. But if you hunt public ground where firearm hunting is legal, at some point during that week, the rifle hunters are going to start rolling out, in yeah. and start and, scouting. And they never do it in the middle of the day. It would be like they would roll in at 2 in the afternoon, and then they would set camp up, and then at 30 minutes before dark, you'd have some, <laughs> you'd have two guys a carrying a ladder stand through the middle oh, of the field, gosh. and it's just like... Well, <laughs> there I goes might as well that. climb down now because they're over, and you can hear oh. them clanking and putting the stand yeah. up at dark. Man. And you're just like, well, uh, my hunt's done. What, what, like what, I would never do that, but there's no law that says they can't do that. What? What about those tax, the marking tax? How many trails have you seen going through public ground and you start moving tax around? Oh my gosh! How many times? You remember that? You know over that one, you would get lost if you tried to follow it in this one conservation area. <laughs> there was area. one place that it was a long way in there, and there were there were so many tacks and so many different people's tacks that mm-hmm. like one guy was putting two, one guy was putting three. Oh, you okay, walked through okay. the woods and it was just like lit up. Yeah. If you walked in there, and I'm like, like you turned into a Scooby Doo show, like just lights on everything and yeah. neon stuff everywhere. Oh, like it man. was like you would get. I remember it was like, all right, this is the spot we got to go. We're going to walk back there. We're going to use lights for a while. And it was like, oh, somebody's marked a trail. <laughs> wow. They're really marking a trail. And, I mean, it was like an interstate. And then it turned into where there were Every so many like of stop, them, stop you couldn't line. even figure out which way the trail was. Oh, my gosh. Because you'd see, like, two-dot guy going this way. Yeah. Three-dot guy goes this way. <laughs> One-dot goes this, and it'd be, like, different. It was just stuff everywhere. Wow. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and to me, that goes back to the question, too. Like, okay, that's uh, – is that cool? Because technically you're not supposed to have anything that attaches to the tree. Like, you're not supposed to use screwing steps on public ground because it could damage a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many tacks does it take to start damaging the tree? Probably, <laughs> yeah. And how long do you have to – I mean, you le- they were leaving them out there. Oh, yeah. All the time. No, so one, no one goes back for a tack. Yeah. Right? 
Oh, man. A lot of fun stuff on <laughs> public ground. It almost, there's yeah. a little part of me that's like, man, I can't wait. I want to hunt some public ground again just to go through the frustration. <laughs> and then I'm like, the first, the, <laughs> the first fella that comes walking up, walking, or he's late to the stand, then I'm going to say, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> but <laughs> if, we didn't, is why if we didn't, I worked my so butt off to buy ground. I mean, there's a reason there's so many of the unwritten rules that go around public ground. But it's also, if we didn't do it, we wouldn't have so many stories of it. That's I right. mean, a lot of our hunting earlier on, and I mean, there were years early in our hunting seasons where if we wanted to actually get a chance to shoot deer, we went public ground. Mm-hmm. Because there was not much of a deer population around the farm. And especially if you wanted a chance at a good deer, yeah, yeah, we were going somewhere else. So we hunted public ground the whole time. Mm. Trying to read some of these, but man, there's so many, there's so many good comments and long comments. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think, that, I think it's funny and and certainly applicable. Like there's so, when you're talking about situations and all these, all these people are putting up amazing comments. It's like because everyone has found themselves somewhere in one of these situations on either side of it, probably too. The one guy says he wouldn't hunt another man's tree stand because he wouldn't feel right about it. Like, you I, probably would if you knew it was the tree that you had to be in. And th- and that's, I guess, part of what we're talking about with the tree stand thing is before you give a definitive answer, there's always there's always another scenario that you're not going to yeah. be so definitive on. I think of that one set down there on that uh, area in central Missouri we used to hunt. Um, with the river runs through it in that big bottom, and I went back to the very back corner, and there was one tree, and that one tree had a tree stand in it. So I hung in a very small tree next to it and regretted it <laughs> the entire time. Probably I thought, never again, I'll just hunt the tree stand. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, a lot, of, a lot of, one guy said, earn your own, no and no. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another one. Speaking of, I think, maybe the same area that you're talking about, but here's a, I, I don't know if it's an unwritten rule or a, I guess a question for yourself on public land, but say you're going into a spot and you go in there and find where somebody else has been hunting, you find a big corn pile. Well, this is on public ground, not legal. Not legal in the state of Missouri, yeah. but you find a big corn pile. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Do you I say hunt somewhere off of it? Do you and, s- and say that I you mean, don't know? Or I what? say this, but I would saying? never do it because if there's, there's a chance that my luck, I would be sitting there and a game warden would walk up. And with oh, your yeah. job, you don't hunt you the can't. same spot. But my luck, I would be sitting there and he'd be like, did you put that there? And there's no way he could prove you didn't put it there. Yeah. So you don't hunt that. Do Shoot, you? No. Do you just go somewhere else, leave it alone? Do you call an agent and say, hey, just so you know, there's a big pile of corn mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's here's, here's some good ones this guy said. He said, offer to, uh, so um, leave the land better than you found it. So uh, there's a bunch of different, say, help a buddy find, drag, carry, gut, skin a deer. Like, uh, I guess the unwritten rule in that would be, that's just a comment he had, help a buddy find, drag, carry gut skin a deer um what, what about what, what kind and he says another one unwritten rule is don't make the camp cook do the dishes yeah that's yeah, pretty that good one. pretty good yeah, one. That's yeah. speaking of camps and kind of on the same lines of help a buddy drag one out 
I guess another one that we ran into last year, elk hunting. We had a spot. We'd heard a, we'd heard a bunch of elk the night before. Yeah. We go in there, find another road in. We drive in there, and there's a four-wheeler park there with a meat bag laying there. It's like, oh, somebody killed one in here. Like, kind of hoping to see where it's at. Guy walks out, and it's a guy by himself. He'd killed an elk. Mm-hmm. He was a good bull. It's like, do you help the guy pack it up? Do you, do you sacrifice that time of hunting no. to help a lone Carried guy? No, it himself. <laughs> <laughs> to help a lone guy. Yeah. Whew. I mean, and To me, if I'm in that guy's shoes, I would be I like, oh, two help. guys showed up. Man, I sure hope they would help me. Yeah. But, at the but same I, wouldn't time, I wouldn't expect I, it from them, though, I've ex- I guess. I've, ex- I've gone into the mindset going, if I have to kill it, if I kill an elk, it's on to, me. You have to be prepared. So I wouldn't that. be upset if they chose to not help me. Yeah. But I would be very happy if they did. Exactly. See, like, what, what we, we ended up helping the guy, and it ended up helping us in the long run because he gave us some tips on hmm. – he there was a resident that had hunted that multiple times and gave us tips on the area and everything else. Nice. So sometimes it works out, but sure, it's one that do you? I mean, sacrifice you've traveled, time. You've traveled hours and hours and spent a whole bunch of money on that. Mm-hmm. Do you sacrifice an afternoon helping a sure helping a guy pack an elk out for half a hunting? tenderloin? Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's going to cost you, sir. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't ask for anything yeah. or anything because he gave us a bunch of tips or anything, and it wouldn't. I mean, I just. Like to see where he, we wanted to see where he'd killed yeah. the elk because then we knew where to avoid because there was a big elk carcass there that, yeah, sure, bears would be at. Yeah. What about like, we we talked about parking and like getting there first and everything. What about like if you're hunting in a group but you both choose you both drove, but you're both gonna hunt on the same parking area and you go drive someone else's the other rig over to parking area b and do, but you're not hunting there to basically say like reserve it if you will is that right is that wrong like is that okay and th- neither of you are hunting maybe you're maybe you want to hunt it the next day there or for their interpretation <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, they can I, interpret it however uh, they want to <laughs> I, okay so here's here's two i guess i'll say i'll give two options on that opening day of turkey season you've got a big area that you're wanting to hunt You've got three guys going in from one side, mm-hmm. and you park a vehicle on the other side before you go in there to kind of keep it where it's there's vehicles there on both right, sides right, right, to right. kind of keep it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have that one Bec- because know, you never know, know if you're going to walk out the other way, right? Uh, yeah, I know guys or that a mid do that. morning set like public <laughs> public ground. That's turkey hunting. They'll park multiple For vehicles. <laughs> They'll park multiple. For my friend, <laughs> I know park a guy. multiple vehicles. And then so that they can kind of limit the people that come in there where they're yeah. hunting. Yeah. On the flip side of that, they've also ran into guys, youth season, that are parking vehicles purely to keep people out of taking kids in to spots. That's, that's bad. Like, that's terrible. That, that's, yeah. that's horrible. They, uh, grown guys that will park vehicles on roads to make it look like somebody's hunting to no. keep people from uh, That's not, okay. not bad neither. It's stabbing tires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it's horrible. one of those that, I mean, you look at the unwritten rule, it's just different scenarios of where at one time it's terrible and one point it's it's not that bad. It's yeah. not as bad. Yeah. I think if you have the intention or the possibility of, because if you get on a bird, like back home, public ground, it was big, big areas. And, and 
sometimes those birds, they just hit the ground, they just gobble and walk and gobble and walk. If you're hunting with multiple people, sometimes it's not a bad idea just to save you steps if you're hunting birds like that. You don't know where you're going to end up late late morning. And we ran into that in both scenarios. <laughs> Whether yeah. it was like, oh, kind of a strategy situation, but also it helped us out. Carry your keys with you. Because <laughs> you never know where you're going to end up. Don't lose your keys. A screwdriver, That's true. A screwdriver oh. doesn't work. <laughs> a screwdriver does not work. That's right. Even if you saw it on MacGyver. <laughs> He's a liar. <laughs> that guy MacGyver. He's full of it. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to read some more before we yeah. before we wrap this up. You don't hunt any tree stand that you didn't put up. There could be a reason why it's empty. Guy's running late. He hit one. He's tracking it or whatever. It's not yours. With that being said, I would never leave a stand on public ground if there was something I wanted to keep quiet, such as deer activity or a wall hanger. Hmm. To me, I it, just for me, I've always like if I hang a stand on public ground, somebody can hunt it, somebody can interpret it. The only thing they can't do is take it down, unless it's past the law time. Unless you didn't, and do a what game warden can walk in there and take it down. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. Um, I mean, I wouldn't sit in someone else's stand. This is Aaron. I wouldn't sit in someone else's stand or share someone's trail cam picks, but I wouldn't mind if someone used my stand, and I always share my trail cam picks with guys I run into on public land. I really don't have any of the my own rules or follow any of the unwritten rules of hunting public land. I don't get uh, his butt hurt over people out there enjoying the land. It's, it's there for all of us to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing you talked about. It's just like look at everyone's perspective. You know, it is public land. Like yeah, you take public ground with a grain of salt. You kn- you kn- you should know what to expect, yeah. if you will, or or situations that you could run into. But hopefully, everyone now if he's breaking the law, I'll be mad as a hornet. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> I guess it's one of those. Also, you never know what the other person's dealing with. Yeah, if you're not in public ground, you don't know that. This guy may have went to a spot that you weren't parked at and came in from another way because his three other spots had a vehicle in them, and he finally found a parking spot to go into, and he came in and walked by you. You don't know that. That that could be why he's late. He could not just be right sleeping in and coming in late. It could be that he's, or he's ran into three <laughs> different areas that had a vehicle there. Right. He's on plan D at that yeah. point. Because that happened. This guy that said, I wouldn't lot. hunt the stand, but I would hunt the area. I believe in the rule, first to arrive gets the spot. If they're, if I'm there first, I'll hunt it. If he's in there first, I'll go somewhere else. Have you had this backfire? He's had this backfire on him, though. Mm. Um, hunting public in Ohio saw a stand in a good spot, set up near it uh, as an all-day set, hour before dark, had the guy come in and still hunt his stand after seeing me 70 yards away. That's where it's like... That that's a classic case where it's like I'm gonna not hunt. That guy beat me into it. Whether I saw his truck in the parking lot, and I know that's really the only spot, or I walk in and I glass and I see him a hundred yards up and he's in it, I'm backing out. But it's like okay, that's how I'm gonna do it. But it's like oh now I'm in it. Now that jack wagon comes right in here and he hunts it, mm-hmm. even though I'm thirty yards away. What what is a safe distance? <laughs> That's like that's hunting. the question. That was my follow-up. Like, question. L- let's say you're in in timber country. Uh, what what's an appropriate distance where you're like, okay, he's not he's not on top of me, 
and he has every right to still be in here hunting, like, what do you think is respectful? Let's say you're bow hunting. Just it's uh, October or something. What's what's respect respectful I mean, distance? I, in my mind, I don't know that there's a dead each, set line. Each spot, has every a different spot is going to be different to me. Because, because you could very easily go, okay, I know they're betting uh-huh. there, uh-huh. and he's hunting here. You know, he's already beat me in there, but he's not in the right spot. Or, I can or, go or up there I and can, cut him off. Yeah, so he want he wants to hunt a little bit closer to the food source, but you're going to be on the same trail, just closer to the bedding. Yeah, is that, but is that wrong though? Man, who you thought was he may have beat you in there, but he's not beating you in wits. That's what I'm saying. Like you're there's outsmarting a him. I, there's a balance of woodsmanship. I think would, that, that would depend. Plays on throw woodsmanship on. out on on the public grounds. If, <laughs> it would depend on like if you. If you went in from the same parking lot, like if you pulled in the parking lot and his vehicle's there, and you're like, I mean, I I would say it was wrong if then you walk in and you're like, huh, well he's there, I can go cut him off. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that. But if you come in from somewhere else and and both are like, oh, okay. I mean, it's like if you didn't know he was in, if it was like some place where you came in from another parking lot and you're like, oh, huh, well I can go over here. <laughs> Then, there's huh. a big debate going on right now because we posted this this morning. There's still comments going the whole time, and uh, I think sitting on property lines isn't very ethical. It's completely legal, and I would never tell anyone how to hunt their own ground, but I do have control over what happens on mine. I've made it clear that if people are hunting within 50 yards of my borders, then game retrieval is a big no. Really? So if they're sitting right on pr- pretty close to the property line, they shoot one, it goes on him, they can't get it. I don't think that's right. And here's then, the, here's then the this one guy that said, that's is. that's not very fair. I have a 12-acre track. <laughs> I've had more than a few deer shot clear on the on the other side make it to the neighbors. Yeah. Well, Runs all the, the way across his property onto the neighbors. You shoot a deer yeah. 300 yards on your property, yeah. but it runs over onto that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. probably better expect not to be able to retrieve that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For I mean, sure. It's kind of one of those you want to have a flexibility. Another guy says, let me ask you this. Totally. Say the property that butts up to your <laughs> land was clear cut. Okay, so that's the one that's you talked about. about. The problem with line sitters, I found, is that they're not just shooting deer on their side of it. I have one neighbor that I trust and even let him hunt sometimes. I've had several others that haven't earned an ounce of my respect. I didn't spend the kind of money that I did to buy my property just so that the line sitters has the place to let their deer die every time they shoot and need to retrieve something. But you can't, I mean, that's the thing you can't control where the deer dies at. Another guy says, what about all the private land guys setting their lines on public land? I find more stands and blinds 20 yards onto private facing the public. That doesn't seem very fair to us who can't afford their own land. <laughs> I think we covered that. That's, that is what it is. It it's, is what it it's is. It's still public ground. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He just happens to be, and, and he could have had that property inherited. Yeah, you know that's that's a perfect time to quote pay. a logger down there in Arkansas that his favorite phrase is "You're just gonna have you're that. You're just gonna have that. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have that." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so many so many comments on this one. Uh, it's all about respect. Don't sit in anyone's stand. Don't take their stand. Don't put a stand up near it. Don't go showing people someone else's trail cam respect. Uh, Picks respect. And that's where it's like y- you can't put a stand up. You can't put a stand up next to somebody else's stand. If they're uh, see that's that's the thing of like being present there. Like you don't do it if the guy's in the stand, yeah, obviously. Yeah. 
But it's 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 public. But land. if he's not game. there, that's where I, that, that that to me, I think that's probably one of the most debated things in public land deer hunting is there's a stand up, nobody's in it, and you're like, nobody's here. I'm the first guy in, and you hang a stand. Let's say it's the edge of a food plot. You hang mm-hmm. a stand 20 yards away. Here comes Tom, Dick, or Harry walking down the trail an hour before dark because he's got one stand. He's going to go hunt. Mm-hmm. He he stepped over and went ahead and went in it, even though he knew you were there. That's There's awesome. been so many guess, stinking arguments on public ground. And that's <laughs> where I guess the best advice to that is not to lose your head. You don't lose your head in that and get mad and go off on somebody. If you think, if it's an obvious one like they've come in and and are hunting a spot where you're right there, use it as a learning opportunity. Don't blow up on the guy. Talk to him about it. If he had something, I mean, the time I had, it ended up being a high school kid that came up With and the climber? next to me. Yeah, yeah, that climbed up next to me. School he probably didn't know late. any better, did he? He didn't know any better. I, yeah. I stayed and talked to him. Because I, st- I stood down there at the base of the tree. I climbed down when it got plenty dark, and he obviously he, – he knew How he close was, was he again? 15 yards. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, That's he close was – That's close enough. He was <laughs> smell a guy's he was, gas. He <laughs> was just over – he was just a little farther than this tree in this next Stop it. So, Did you be like, hey, I mean, like, I could have talked to him. You could talk to him. That was when oh you could have actually understood what he was saying when he was talking through the telephone can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I climbed down. This old string can. I had already had it in my mind I was going to take my stand down. Yeah. Because I'd planned on hunting there the next morning. Okay. But then okay. when he did that, and I, I stood there at the base of the tree and could talk to him in the stand. Yeah. It's like he stood up there, and it got yeah. dark, and I was waiting because I was going to talk to him and climb down. And I finally was like, dude, you, you can climb down. I'm not going to fight you. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't um, realize how big of a boy and, you were. And his response, he responded, he was like, well, I was just waiting for shooting light, and I was for the end of shooting oh, light. And gosh. I'm like, I, I obviously pull my phone out, look at my look at the time. Look back at him. Look at the time again. I'm like, bro, uh, you got a thermal up there, buddy. <laughs> bro, I can't see the whites of your he, eyes. He finally, he finally climbed down, and I, I talked to him for a while, and I more wanted to find out how much he'd been hunting yeah, and everything yeah. else, so I could find out more about that area and realize exactly. he'd been hunting there like every day. Sure, but he was young enough; he didn't have a clue, mm-hmm. and it was one kind of use it as a learning opportunity and and kind of teach. And you, you, yeah, you used it <laughs> to be able to teach and help him rather probably. than blow up and try to fight exactly. the guy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm like, I was hunting there for a long time. Knowing that, you know he was probably like, what do I do? What do I do in this yeah. situation? Yeah. He didn't know. Dad, answer the and phone. I got a like, guy trying to fight. He told me he had, <laughs> told me he had <laughs> didn't plan on hunting and then had gotten out of school Yeah, and rushed in and knew there wasn't a lot of time to hunt and didn't know where else to go. I got yeah. you. Yeah. And I was yeah. kind of like, it's like you just got to yeah. find some. I was like, you know you how, you know how sometimes if you're hunting, let's say, private ground and there's deer out in a food plot and you call your buddy, he's like, hey, can you come run these deer out of this food plot for me? It's like, dad, can you come run this guy off before I can <laughs> <Yeah>. climb down? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I asked one guy, I said, uh, um, oh, gosh, Brian Thompson, friend mm-hmm. over in eastern Missouri, uh, he said he wouldn't hunt another tree. Or hunt out of that tree stand. I said, "What if it's the only tree?" And he said, "Well, that would have to. Uh, I'm not sure." He said, "I'm not sure. I would probably be a little frustrated and have to make a decision." I usually have a climber on my back in that situation. 
if I chose to get in there in, in their stand, then I would have to leave my stand on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. Like, unless you're just like, <laughs> put your cables of your climb, <laughs> carry the climber to the top of their ladder and stick it around their stand. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, I, all right. Well, we've gone. My gosh, yeah. we've gone longer than we probably ever have on a podcast. But my gosh, there's so many fun scenarios talk to talk there about. Is forever. There is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed it this week. Please leave us a review on iTunes or recommend us on Facebook. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel because there's sure. been a lot of videos there and uh, a lot more videos coming. A lot of our hunting videos coming. And. Uh, Gosh, it's coming quick. It's getting warm out here too. So we'll talk to you guys. Seed tick. Stop it. Next week. See you guys. Yeah.